It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to Wall. Wall measures. Deal. Gets open for three. Yo, what's up everyone? Fitting John Wall intro uh, now that there's news that John Wall is questionable here tomorrow night against the Detroit Pistons. This is Noah Getzel, and you are listening to Locked On Wizards podcast here on a Wednesday night. We've got uh, two guests tonight, Brendan Smith, who back in the day was a Wizards Extra reporter, and now he's got his own site, moved on to bigger and better things, DMV Sports Network. We've also got Garrett Schaefer, a current Wizards Extra reporter, and we're going to be talking about a few different topics, starting with John Wall's potential return on Thursday. We'll also talk about how the Wizards are matching up against the Pistons with a chance to clinch uh, their second straight playoff berth. And finally, we're going to end on just are the Wizards meeting the expectations for the regular season? How are they going to finish these last eight games, given, you know, John Wall has missed basically half the season? I guess it, it'll depend how the Wizards finish the, the regular season and how the playoffs shape out. But basically, like, is this an acceptable finish for an injury-stricken Wizards team this year? So we're going to get started in just a sec. I just want to tell you a little bit about the Locked On Wizards podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got local experts every day. Um, I bring in a plethora of different guests from the D.C. area. We include um, player and coach quotes a lot of the time uh, from the Wizards. And we're here for you five days a week, aside from the podcast, which you can find on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, um, basically anywhere. You can always find our tweets um, we tweet out the links to every episode, and you can go to LockedOnWizards.com to check us out. We also have a Dash Radio stream every Monday, Tuesday, and Friday night, and that's Dash Radio's nothing but net radio station. So check us out there three nights a week. So our first topic, news that John Wall is questionable here against the Pistons. Uh, actually, not here, but in Auburn Hills, Detroit. Garrett, we'll start with you. Does it matter whether John Wall plays or not? 
in terms of if the Wizards clinch the playoff uh, spot, are they, are they going to win this game no matter what? How, how significant is the news? Well, so, I mean, I, in my opinion, it's a tougher game to win if John Wall plays, but you still need to get him back in the in the rotation. Uh, 538, or, yeah, 538 has a, like a 45% win ability, so they don't really, it's, it's not looking like we're going to win anyways, and the Pistons are playing pretty well they have nothing to lose i mean drummond they're they're four and one in their last five and that infusion of griffin on that so i mean i i don't really see john wall helping us win and i don't see a great probability of us winning but it'd be nice to clinch it just get it over with be able to have him back in the rotation and brendan i'm sure you're thinking it's about time but do you think this is this is kind of like the right game to to bring John Wall back? Uh, he's he's been itching to play for a while. Nobody really knows. I guess he's gonna have. I think today's Wednesday. I think he before they flew out to Detroit, there was like a a doctor's meeting or something like that to evaluate how close to 100 percent he is. Are you comfortable with with John Wall coming back here on Thursday and then potentially playing Saturday after the night off and you know going for five of these last eight games? Uh, given that there's a couple of back to backs, are, are you cool with the timing and potentially John Wall? Coming back on Thursdays. I would have liked to see him come back when we played the Spurs the other day. I would have liked to see him come back for a home game, uh, but obviously on the road against a team that's not going to be a playoff team. And even when they got Blake Griffin, they had a chance to kind of make a run and get into the playoffs, and they kept losing games. So it's not like they were losing. They got Blake Griffin, and now they're good. They're still just not a very good team. So I'm completely okay with Wall coming back now. And I kind of agree with Garrett in saying that you know it maybe doesn't. Uh, I wouldn't say it hurts the Wizards' chance of winning, but I understand like the hesitation. When you put a new player and coming back off a surgery like that, off an injury, you wonder how effective he can really be. So I completely understand that. And Sadoransky has done a good job, and Fraser and Sessions have done what they can to um, provide some solid play on the court. But it is time for Wall to come back, and I'm happy that it's against a non-playoff team. And hopefully this team can win some games going forward as we close out the season. Mm-hmm. And Brendan, do you think the issue with, with Wall when he does return, whether it's Thursday or Saturday, do you think it's going to be more of a fatigue and just getting his legs back, to, back under him? Or do you think that the chemistry is going to be more of, you know, the the part where he maybe isn't quite on the same page as his teammates after missing, uh, whatever, how, 26 games? I think the chemistry is definitely going to be the biggest part of it. And what I'm going to be interested interested in seeing as well is um, how well has he been watching Sadoransky and all the other players, especially when they were going on and winning all those games. And moving off ball, I think, is something so key. And, you know, people say that players are what they are, but I think that especially if Wall is not going to be um, in the best shape when he comes back, and I think that he's going to be in condition, I honestly don't think that'll be an issue. But, you know, his shot may not be there, so he's going to have to find other ways to um, be creative and help the team out and if that means moving off ball a little bit more then I mean I would expect him to hopefully pick up on that and do so but Mm -hmm. I guess we'll have to wait and see on that one yeah and then of course there's the dilemma of after Sadoransky has played so well um these past 26 games how do you kind of keep him a key component of the offense um Garrett do you think he's he's going to be relegated to only playing the minutes that John Wall sits, um, I mean, which won't be an issue early because John Wall's going to be sitting a lot, but maybe as we get into the final games of the regular season and starting the playoffs, do you do you want to see Sadoransky moving around like all all three of the, you know, point guard and wing positions, or do you think he's yeah. just best suited at point guard? No, I think he takes over Jody Meek's role entirely as backup point guard and shooting guard in a rotation with Beal Wall 
him and then like you leave Ubre and Porter at the small forward position pretty much. Ubre can come up if anyone gets in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. Porter can play the two if necessary. But I think Sato should be the main guy to take over most of the backup one and two minutes now. And see if like if he's playing well and that three still keeps falling as we've seen it hasn't gone away through most of this streak. Right. He should play stay in towards the end of games with Wall and Beal. Yeah, no doubt. Um we're gonna Take a quick break in a moment, but first I want to talk to you guys a little bit about uh, DMV Sports Network, which just launched really recently. Brendan, can you tell us uh, what your new blog is all about? Right, so it's just about all the local sports in the area, anything from you know Ravens, Orioles, Wizards, Nationals, Redskins, what have you. We also talk about college sports, and we really, one thing I wanted to do when I created this blog because I wanted to help out the younger kids and really touch on our bright spots in our community. There's a lot of negativity going on, um, especially with a lot of political talk and just social justice and all that stuff. So we really just want to talk about the good spots, especially up here. We know this is a very demanding and challenging community. And ultimately with our local athletes, we want to help them get to college as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see there's an article on, um, Gun control, so it, it definitely touches more than just sports. It's you know the intersection of sports and politics here in the D.C. area. So that's that's awesome. Um, I'm glad to see the the site is up, and um, everyone go to dmvsportsnetwork.com. Um, where can they find it on Twitter, and where can everyone find you on Twitter, Brennan? You can find the site's Twitter. It's dmv underscore sn, and then for me, it's threesus tries t h r e e z u s t r i s t. And if you are interested in the site, please DM me. Or if you go on the site's Twitter, there's an email that you can reach out to, and you can inquire there, and I'll reach back to you as soon as I can. Awesome stuff. Thanks, Brendan. I really want to see a three-point shootout between you and Garrett. I know that you guys were, were both, you know, some, some big-time poopers back in the day. I'm definitely not the, the shooter, but I'm the one who's going to slash to a rim and step in for charges and scrap for all those loose balls and just get under your skin to prevent you from making any of those threes. That's my game. <laughs> um, and then, Garrett, you've got perhaps one of my favorite names in all of Twitter. What's your account? Yeah, that's a at sad wizards fan. It's too perfect. <laughs> Relatable. Cool. So we are going to jump right back into Locked On Wizards podcast right after uh, these messages from our sponsor to talk more in depth about the, the Wizards versus Pistons matchup. It's the fourth and final time playing the Pistons this season. Obviously a lot of changes. Since the Wizards beat the Pistons uh, in Detroit 122-112 uh, January 19th before the trade deadline. All right, so stay tuned in. Uh, We'll be right back with Locked On Wizards podcast. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. 
Hey everybody, welcome back to Locked On Wizards. Once again, I'm your host, Noah Getzel. You can find me on Twitter, Noah underscore Getzel. Uh, that's N-O-A-H underscore G-O-E-T-Z-E-L. And I'm here with Brendan Smith and Garrett Schaefer. We uh, are previewing the Wizards and, and Pistons game now, um, which John Wall may be playing in for the first time since the end of January, which would be pretty exciting. Uh so the Wizards are 3-0 and against the Pistons this year. They beat them uh, the second game of the season back October 20th. And then they also won uh, in December 1st without John Wall. Wall was resting his knee after an injury against the, the Dallas Mavericks in November. And the Wizards also won uh, in Detroit January 19th, uh, just before Wall started sitting for the past 26 games. What do you think strikes you most, Garrett, about the, the moves that the the Pistons made to acquire, kind of trade away some of their key pieces to get a superstar and play Griffin. Do you think that it made the Pistons any better of a team? Is there like a long-term goal in sight or what's, what's going on with that team is, do they have a bright future? Uh, Of course they're, you know, unless some catastrophe strikes, the Pistons are going to miss the playoffs this year. What, what do you think is like the status in Detroit right now? Yeah, I think that trade was more about a culture change than this season. They could have made a run, but they didn't. They're five and eight in March. I mean, they're four and one in the last, but they have nothing to go for now. So I think that that was just trying to set up for the future. These next couple of years, they have Griffin and Drummond, and that's a great four or five piece right there that you can just pair up with a role player, even just go get one more star, and you're a real contender in the heat there for even the third seed. As we see how easy it is to jump from almost eight to like the two seed in the East right now. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they're definitely set up well, and this is this certainly a message to the rest that they're willing to go out and get a star. Yeah, and so the the most common uh, starting lineup recently, at least for the the past five games for the Pistons, has been um, Reggie Jackson, uh, Stanley Johnson, and then Reggie Bullock, and uh, Ben Griffin. You know, their their front line of Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin. What do you think, Brendan, would be the best Wizards matchup? Not necessarily a starting lineup, but if if those are the guys playing at the end of the game for the Pistons, who do you think would best counter the size and physicality of that uh, Pistons, especially the front line with um, Griffin, Drummond, and Stanley Johnson? I think the same starting five is fine, except I would put in Mahim Me um, mm-hmm. in center for Quartet. I think that would uh, bring more of a defensive presence against Drummond. Not that Drummond's really going to kill you too much offensively anyway, but my worry is with the rebounding and with Griffin and Drummond, both relatively active rebounders, you want two physical bodies down there. And I think Marquise also at the four position gives you the best bet at doing that. Yeah, it's ridiculous that this guy gets 16 rebounds a night. It's it's just like, I think um him and him and DeAndre are just like way atop the leaderboard at like 15, 16, and then the next closest guy is around 12. It's It's unprecedented how how many of those boards that they can pull down um what do you think is going to be the determining factor brendan for the wizards to, to come away with clinching another uh playoff berth for the what would that be the fourth time in five years yeah yeah um and my key for t- tomorrow's game would be to give a crap the whole game and i know that's kind of a cliche thing with like all wizards games but especially in a game against um the non-playoff team and you know, they did get Reggie Jackson back recently, who has been out for a large portion of the season, so it helps with their bench depth a little bit more and maybe matches up a little bit better with the Wizards, but, and again, you're also mixing in John Wall, you don't know how well that's going to go, but I think as long as they just try on both ends of the floor, especially defense, and they're solid on rotations and weak side help, they should have no problem with winning this game. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, Garrett, do you think this is going to be a bounce-back game for Bradley Beal? Uh, he shot just 5 of 17 against the Knicks in that loss, and then he didn't have to play too much, but he was only 3 of 8 for 7 points, which is probably among his lowest point totals. Um, if not, let's see, he had 8 back uh, against the Warriors, and he had 7 one other time against the Bulls. Yeah, and 4 one game against Brooklyn, but essentially, and then 8 again. But, you know, one of his lowest scoring outputs... Um, against the Spurs in that, you know, big victory um, on Tuesday night. How many points do you say, like, over under 25 for Beal on, on Thursday? I'm going under 25, but I think he puts up around 20 to 23 points just because, A, law of averages, Brad's a beast. He's not going to get held down for long. But mm-hmm. also, focus, if John Wall does come back and it, all the hoopla around the front, men, front court men of Detroit – I don't think that's really going to be a huge focus on triple team and double team at Bradley Beal like he's been seeing every possession early. Double face guarded, getting people cutting out. He's been getting I think it'll start to loot as the as these teams start to realize that they're in the playoff spot or not, not in any chance of playoff seating. And so the defense will kind of lighten up and Brad should get back to form. Mm-hmm. And if we do see John Wall playing, Brendan, what kind of... What can you expect out of him? He's obviously going against you know two rim protectors, so you don't really expect too many like half court driving layups. Do you think he'll be more of a jump shooter and facilitator if he, if he plays for ten minutes or so? Yeah, I think a number of things are going to happen this game. First of all, the Pistons are a slower paced team, so they're going to slow it down, which already doesn't really help out John Wall. So, and I mean, if you're really expecting John Wall to do anything that's going to, like, if you're expecting him to come out and have, like, 23 points, 10 assists or whatever, like, it's just not going to happen. Um, he's probably only going to be getting between, like, what, maybe 20 to 25 minutes. So, don't expect much, but definitely just see how he fits in. How is he playing with the other players on the court? Don't worry about stats. Don't look at the numbers. Just Use the eye test. How is he playing? And does he look comfortable? And I think as long as he does that, then that's a positive you can take away from that game. Yeah, and it's, and it's a bit of a more personal matchup, too, because uh, him and Reggie Jackson have always you know, been looked side by side since they both uh, got that five-year, $80 million contract. And, and John kind of mentioned like guys who aren't even starters, who've never been all-stars, are making the same kind of money as me after that TV deal kicked in. So if he does play, you know, he's, he's not going to be reserved he's gonna you know go at it 100 percent, and of course it won't really be a track meet or anything like that but it'll be an interesting matchup both of you guys are predicting that the wizards clinch here on thursday i definitely am yeah all right well we're gonna take uh, one more quick break and then return for our final segment of locked on wizards uh to talk about just the expectations of the season and whether you're you'll take where the wizards are um right now after you know missing their their best player for Close to half the season, I think that it was 37, 38 games. Uh, the Wizards are 41 and 33, and currently in sixth place. So we'll be right back to close out the podcast and talk about that. Stay tuned in. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly. An AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? 
It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Yo, guys, welcome back to Locked on Wizards. Uh, we have one more topic to touch here. I'm Noah Getzel. I'm here with Garrett Schaefer and Brendan Smith. And Garrett, it's been a tumultuous season for the Wizards, to say the least. The Wizards are in sixth place, two and a half games back of, of the Pacers, probably not going to get a third seed with eight games left and trailing three games to uh, Philadelphia for that number four seed. I don't know if I said third or fourth seed. I meant home court advantage. The Wizards probably aren't going to get that. At the end of the day, when you look at back at maybe where this regular season ends up, not considering where the, the Wizards go in the playoffs, would you say this season is another success, most likely, you know, making the playoffs even without their superstar? One it's of their gotta, superstars, I should say. My bad. No discredit to Brad. <laughs> yeah, no, it's got to be considered a successful season anytime you win 45-plus games, you make the playoffs, you know, you're, you have a chance to go deep into the Eastern Conference Finals. But, I mean, as a fan, I was disappointed that we didn't get over that 50-win mark. But, then again, no one sees John Wall missing 26 games. You go 15-11 and 11 without Wall, that's pretty good numbers. That mm-hmm. I mean, No one asked for more, so... I think it's been a been a pretty successful season, and the emergence of Saturday Auto just stepping up. Yeah, there's a lot of things like. Is is there anyone else who you think could play six, uh, consistently in the playoffs off the Wizards bench, Garrett? Besides uh, Ubre and Saturansky, is there anyone else that you really trust if if they're thrown in there as the eighth man? I mean, I'm I've been debating between Mike Scott and Jan Mahimi because Scott's slowly. Uh, his percentages are going down, but that's just because they were blistering. Mm-hmm. But he's, I mean, he still hits open shots. Like he, he gets paid to do it, obviously, he's just knocking him down. But Mahimi has been really active recently, and I've liked his play in the space of Gortat. And so yeah. even those some plays where he just doesn't even grab the ball, you know, he's not he's boneheaded plays sometimes, but he's trying one hundred percent of the time. So yeah, he's made a lot of progress. That, yeah, especially late as the season's gone on, you can tell he just got comfortable. Brendan, how do you assess this regular season, and what's been like the biggest surprise for you aside from John Wall missing so much time? Um, in terms of saying if I'm happy or disappointed, I'm kind of fifty-fifty on it, and I understand that we were without Wall for a big part of the season, and we've had injuries for a couple of our bench guys here and there. Completely understand it, but this team has still been been a team that leaves you wanting more. More right. times often than not at the end of games, even in wins. And I think that's something that they're going to have to figure out sooner or later or else they're not going to make it very far. And I mean, we're already seeing right now they're already, you know, being pushed back to a six seed and I was looking at a first round matchup with likely either Cleveland or Philadelphia. And now is that anything that Wizards fans want? I, I don't. Um, but in terms of the regular season, I mean, it's fine. You know, some of the guys made progress. I don't think that Sadoransky's emergence is as big a surprise to me, maybe as it is to others, just because we know the type of player he was. He's a fundamentally sound player. He's a team player. And we saw that immediately right when he had to um, assume the starting point guard role. Um, Kelly Oubre made solid progress. Um, Jan Mahimi, like Garrett just said, has played better as the season has gone on. Um, Mike Scott has been a great surprise. 
I'm a little very disappointed in our starting front court, Markeith Morris and Gortat. And granted, Keith has had some good games this year, but again, mm-hmm. he's one of those guys that just leaves you wanting more. The consistency still just isn't there. Uh, but overall, I'm kind of 50-50. Yeah, and when you look at, you know, where the Wizards sit right now in the sixth position, this question is for both of you. We'll start with you, Brendan. What, like, realistically is most likely to happen in terms of who the Wizards match up with, and who would you most want to see them them facing? The Pacers, would that be your number one option for, would it be the Pacers or the Celtics? I would I would guess probably the Pacers would be where I'd want to see the Wizards playing in a 4-5 match, which who knows if that could happen. What do you think, Brendan? Um... Well, I don't want to see the Celtics because that means that we would have to go to seventh, and I don't want the season to end on a bad note. So let's play pretend, and let's say that the Sixers or Cavaliers decide to suck for the last however many, eight, nine, seven games, whatever they have, and the Wizards and Pacers both come up. Ideally, I would like to see them play Indiana. I think it's the easiest matchup. Um, I wouldn't be opposed against seeing Boston, and since they have so many injuries, but for the record, and so if even the Celtics get their pieces back and the Wizards see them at some point down the road, I still think that the Wizards would beat Celtics um, even at full strength, and that's excluding Gordon Hayward, obviously, who isn't going to play this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but realistically, who I think it's going to come down to, I think it's going to be Philly or Cleveland, and I'm leaning towards Philly only because they have a really easy schedule to close out the season. Yeah, no doubt. And then... Garrett, like assuming that there's no chance the Wizards would play the Heat or the the Bucks, what do you think? What which team would be the most fearful first round matchup um, between Cleveland, Boston, and Philadelphia, and and I guess uh, the Pacers too? Who who would you want to play the most, and what do you think is going to happen, Garrett? Yeah, I guess I have a different opinion than Brendan, but I kind of want to see the Celtics first without Kyrie because I mean, I think that's our our best matchup most likely, and Al Horford has to do it all for that team in this current state, and they've all been banged up going down the stretch, so I think that's our best case scenario. I mean, Pacers, probably statistically your best case scenario, but with the, just the way it's been going with the Celtics recently, I want them, but then I'm, I'm afraid of the Sixers and the Cavs. I don't want to see them at all. The Sixers are trending so hot, and mm-hmm. Markel Fultz coming back, that excitement. I mean, if you saw that I was watching the game the other night, and that arena was so excited to see that kid throw up air balls. <laughs> <laughs> happens when Joel Embiid dunks it in the playoffs, and then LeBron's not going out in the first round. So Yeah, that's definitely that's the number one guarantee of anything that's going to happen in these playoffs is that the Cavaliers are not going to lose in the first round. And I don't think that it's just Al Horford's team in Boston because you know you're you're discounting Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Terry Rozier, who's a much better defender than Kyrie Irving. Um, you know he's he's definitely not near the superstar, but I think the the Celtics have a lot of pieces, and they even proved that when the Wizards kind of discounted them and. That game went into double overtime. Uh, a ton of players on the Celtics were missing. They they were you know playing with their B squad and they still brought it to double overtime. So you can't. I mean, I, w- I would say that the Pacers are definitely the number one option for who the Wizards would play. And I would ultimately I would put the Sixers um, next on that list before the Celtics, just because the Sixers are young and inexperienced, and you know they've they've played a lot of inconsistent ball games. They've committed a lot of turnovers and. I just think it would be easier facing the Sixers than, than the Celtics at this point in the season. Okay, well, thanks so much, you guys, for uh, tuning in and listening to the Locked On Wizards podcast. Again, you can find us basically anywhere where podcasts are posted. Uh, subscribe on iTunes for sure. Leave us a comment. We want to hear your feedback. Um, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, Locked On, LockedOnWizards.com, and the tweets are always 
up on the at Locked On Wizards account. Um, all three of us are, for some period of time, uh, we were Wizards Extra, or currently are Wizards Extra contributors, reporters, so follow Wizards Extra uh, on Twitter as well. And you guys, thanks so much for your time. Um, I appreciate you being on the podcast. Great insight. And let's go Wizards tomorrow. Get that playoff berth. Is there Oh, either of you guys have a song request? Oh, God. You put me on the spot. I always do. I can't warn you in advance. You just gotta pull something out of your hat. Hey, I gave you one. I don't even know if it's the right style. Forbidden fruit. Forbidden fruit. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's let's run it. All right, thanks, guys. Have a good night. my bitch. Took a little trip. Down to the garden. Took a little dip. Apple juice falling from my lips. Took a little sip. Oh, bitches coming, go. You know that? Money coming, go. You know that? Love coming, go. Yo, shit, man. Bitches coming, go. You know that? Take a seat, baby girl, you've been all on my mind. I know I ain't called, got a part of my grind. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.